0: Welcome to Idle Chatter, brought to you by the Machinery Digest, where steel and soil meet. A weekly podcast by a New Jersey farmer to all farmers and ranchers across this great nation. And yes, there are farms in New Jersey. Regardless of the crop you grow or the livestock you raise, we all have one thing in common, agriculture runs on passion, sweat, tears, and machinery, and that is why the Machinery Digest exists, a no-nonsense, grease-under-your-fingernails educational website. It was created to provide a transfer of knowledge so that you can maintain, service, and most importantly, understand today's complex farm equipment. My name is Ray Bohax, and I farm too. It is time now to get under the sheet metal. Hello, and welcome to Idle Chatter. I'm Ray Bohax, your host, and my show is part of the Farm Machinery Digest. So if you are not familiar with my website, I ask you to please check it out. Because it is chock full of, that sounds braggadocio, but it's... But my goal is to help educate the farmer and those in agriculture about their machinery. And that is what the website is all about. There's a lot of articles back there. Back there on there, and uh, some interesting things, some good videos, and also the toolbox test. So, if you have not been there yet, it's farmmachinerydigest.com. And welcome once more to this week's idle chatter show. My wife and I just arrived home last night from St. John's, Michigan. And we went to the excellent, excellent agro expo, and it was the only, my only regret, is that we only had the opportunity to spend one day there. It's a two-day event. Uh, we left the farm on I was going to say on Friday, on Monday, and drove out to St. Johns from our farm in New Jersey, and St. Johns is, uh, I would say, north and a little bit west of Lansing, Michigan. So we had a uh, blessed ride. Hit no traffic, and there was smooth sailing the whole way. And we stayed in Okemos, or Okemos, however they pronounce it. a very, very nice Hampton in there, which is about probably 40 minutes or so, or if even that, from St. John's. There's no hotel in St. John's per se. It's a small community. And we went to the next morning on Tuesday. We got to the Agro Expo, and the weather was beautiful. But the show was fantastic. It's, uh, as I've said to you on the podcast the past five or six weeks, it's all about education. It's not about celebrity. It's not about anything. There's no celebrity status there. It's not put on by any celebrities or what have you. And it's all about education. They had a ton of equipment there, uh, which I sadly did not get a chance to look at all or look at at all because I was too busy looking at test plots and talking to the different exhibitors. But we were only able to stay for one day out of the two days because we had to get back home here to take care of our hens and we only uh, could leave them for two nights. Uh, with enough provisions and care and what-have-you for two nights, but we did not want to have them uh, be alone for three nights And also we need to get ready to start to do our harvest. So hopefully God willing this next weekend We will start to uh, hand pick our sweet corn and see what that's all about, right? It's been a trying season and for everyone And on the way out to the Agro Expo uh, going across Pennsylvania I was going to say New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and then into Michigan, because we shoot up, we shoot up into Michigan from, by Toledo, Ohio there. We saw a lot of prevent plant acres, uh, a lot of holes in the field at the Agro Expo. There was a talk at a dinner in the evening that was given by the Michigan Corn Growers Association, and basically, in essence, it seems that the story is the same everywhere, that, uh a lot of holes in the field, a lot of... I was talking to a number of farmers uh, you go in the field and in one area the corn is going into tassel and uh, in another area 50 feet away it's two feet high where there's nothing growing so it's just a uh, crazy season and one gentleman I was talking to after dinner and he told me that in his part of Michigan which I don't think was far from St. John's if I recall that they had uh, 42 days of wetness so it wasn't necessarily pouring but in the spring they had 42 days of, uh, of wetness where you could not get into the field so it's uh, not a pretty situation but the uh, the flip side of it there are some people have been blessed with some beautiful crops uh, some estimates from the Michigan Corn Growers Association because that was that's who was at the Agro Expo because they are in Michigan uh, said that they uh, are anticipating some some guys to have some fields that are almost 300 bushels per acre and then other fields at zero so and but the crops at the Agro Expo did look beautiful all of the crops they had there in test plots looked beautiful and uh, that we were talking to uh, my wife and I talking to Dr. Jerry Wilm a great great guy uh, he works for agro liquid fertilizers he's uh, just a wonderful very very knowledgeable man if you have the ever have the opportunity to connect with him uh he is a wealth 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 of knowledge and a very humble man very knowledgeable man and uh, he was saying up until a couple of weeks ago That they were very dry over at the test farm where the agro expo was held, but thankfully they did get some rain. And interestingly enough, just talking to people, as wet as it was during the spring and early on into planting, that I think they said around the, the end of June or July 1st, the rain shut off, and now everyone is looking for rain. So that's the paradox so many times of farming, and we've discussed this not only on this show before, but I know that you guys discuss it amongst yourselves in the coffee shop and at the kitchen table so it really is a paradox it's so easy to go from too much to too little and uh... and suffer the wrath of that but uh... like I said some beautiful crops out there some no crops out there and um, everything I guess in between so if you do have the opportunity I do not know what the date is but you uh, next summer for 2020 uh, if you could make it to St. John's, Michigan, I would say plan on going for two days. And if you live within easy driving distance, then that's not going to be an issue. Uh, if you are going to be having to stay overnight, there are plenty of hotels in the Lansing area about 20 about 20 miles away, so it's not an issue. But, uh, but check it out. It's definitely, uh, definitely, definitely worth the ride. And the, the best thing that I could say to you is that it was... Just shy of fifteen hundred miles round trip, so fourteen something round trip. And if I if somebody goes fifteen hundred miles and they come away excited, then that's probably the highest compliment that you could pay to a field day or an event. So uh, so there's no use not going a couple hundred miles, right? But uh, the Agro Expo, wonderful time, education, and that's what it's all about. So t- listen today what today's show is going to be as I collect my thoughts and stumble over my words as usual, right? Uh, we are going to talk about gasoline. Now, gasoline is not a predominant power source on the farm per se. I mean, many years ago it was. We all had gas-powered equipment. There was, uh, very little diesel. Diesel probably did not start to, uh, make a good, uh, footing in Warren County, New Jersey, probably till the, uh, late uh, late 19, uh, mid-1970s or so, I guess. You When know, somebody bought a newer tractor, newer combine or something, obviously it was diesel from a little bit before that point. But since most farmers had older equipment here, that in the 70s they still had a lot of 1950s and 60s equipment. So gasoline was a very, very prominent power supply, a power source, energy source here in New Jersey. And today, on most forms you will find some gasoline. you find gasoline-powered trucks. You'll find uh, UTVs or ATVs. You may, may find uh, gasoline-powered irrigation pumps or uh, welders or, or gensets or what have you. So gasoline is here to stay. Uh, will, we f- will we ever go back to a gasoline combine? I doubt it. But you know, we could talk about that at the end because there are some possibilities of doing things like that. Maybe not so much a combine, but maybe a tractor. So I think it's well time that we had an understanding of gasoline. So I ask you to please have patience with me so that I can explain in simplistic terms what every farmer needs to know about gasoline. And we did a show a while back about ethanol and E85 and ethanol blends in gasoline, this is not going to be that show. This is not going to be a repetition of that. What we're going to talk about is gasoline in its, in its purest sense, E0. And the dynamics of the gasoline do not change much at all. Or, if anything, once you start to blend some ethanol in. So, if you got the E85, then some of the dynamics change. But E10 or E15, is really not going to change any of the dyna- dynamics that I am going to be discussing today. So we are going to be talking about what you need to understand about gasoline. So I had the opportunity about, oh, let's say, geez, sadly it was about 20 years ago when I was doing work for Hot Rod Magazine to do an in-depth story about gasoline for Hot Rod magazine. And it it wasn't about race gas, it was about gasoline in general. And a lot of people have a misconception about race gasoline. Uh, Race gasoline, people think that it's a very high octane. And in most instances it is. But you need to understand what the definition of octane is. And octane is the fuel's ability, ability to resist combustion from pressure, or heat and wait for an arcing of the spark plug to ignite so it's going to be able to it's not it is not going to auto ignite through pressure or heat or both but wait for an arcing of the spark plug So the higher the octane rating of a gasoline, is means in in very simple terms, I'm I'm not making it simplistic, it's very simple. It means it has the ability, it has the ability to withstand more pressure and more heat before auto igniting. So if you have a 90 octane gasoline versus a 80 octane gasoline, the 90 octane gasoline is going to be able to withstand more pressure or heat before auto combusting and that's all it means it has nothing to do with its energy content its power or what have you now with the race gasoline and i'm just telling you this because i don't want you to be led astray. because i said i did this for hot rod magazine or i had got a wonderful education uh about gasoline working with the texaco research laboratory in beacon new york but um race gasoline though it is high octane because of the compression ratio that a race engine has, but the most important element of race gasoline. And keep in mind, not all race gasolines have very high octane. There's some race gasolines that only have 94, 95 octane. But what the key with race gasoline versus a street gasoline pump, what we would call pump gasoline that you'd go into town or any place and buy, is that it has a faster burn speed it burns quicker. Most street gasolines have a maximum engine RPM uh, for the burn speed to keep up with to be about 3500 RPM. That is not to be confused that the engine cannot go above 3500 RPM. But what happens is that the flame speed, the rate that the fu- that the fuel burns is maxed out at three thousand approximately three thousand five hundred thirty six hundred rpm is maxed out, and then, after that, even though the engine can go faster, you're having a decreased amount of burns. you have to put more fuel in because it's all not going to burn. So it's something called stoichiometric which is the ideal air fuel ratio for the greatest release of chemical energy from the gasoline. So a race gasoline has a very fast burn speed and allows for you for a stoichiometric or a higher energy conversion from chemical to mechanical energy conversion to to occur above 3500-3600 RPM and as an aside to this, if you look at most small engines that are gasoline powered, most like a Briggs and Stratton gas engine that or whatever on a lawnmower, if you look, most of them are set to run at about 35 to 3600 RPM. And one of the uh, one of the reasons why they're set to run at 30, so say 3600 RPM, is so that they can design the carburetor and the intake manifold and the camshaft for the most efficiency at that RPM which is the maximum burn speed of pump gasoline that it'll run. So so The efficiency of the engine, so that little Briggs & Stratton engine, the little air-cooled engine, runs the most efficiently at 3600 RPM because it's bringing all the sweet spots together. It's taking, it's maximizing the burn speed, the, 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 the peak burn speed of the fuel. And then it has an intake manifold, a carburetor, and a camshaft design that is optimized at that engine speed so it all comes together. Whereas an engine in the pickup truck is a transient engine. It could go to 6,000 rpm or it could be at idle at 600 rpm. So, to go back... <coughs> excuse me, I was going to cough... to go backwards on this that octane is the fuel's ability to resist combustion through pressure and heat and gasoline, all gasolines have a burn speed, and it is maxed out at around thirty-five or thirty six hundred engines engine rpm. Now there is the the big question that people have if you are coffee shop talking or guys sitting around in the coffee shop in the morning talking, the one of the big things that always comes up is there is there a difference in gasoline? Different brands of gasoline. So let's say if you have three stations in town and I'm not going to name any brands but your you have three stations in town is there a difference between brand A, brand B and brand C? Well the question is probably most likely and I will explain that to you. F- gasoline is a refined product and there is not a refinery on every street corner so with certain areas of the country, certain towns, certain uh, certain parts of a state will traditionally get gasoline from one source, one depot and lots of times it's sourced from a a one refinery. It may not be because they may put it through a pipeline but the important thing to understand is that there are more brands of gasoline than refineries, what I mean by refineries, uh, refinery companies in the country. So. The fuel that comes from the refinery is called a base fuel that is the base product the base fuel and as the base fuel it has a certain amount of additives that are mandated by law. So since uh, 1995 the federal government has mandated that gasoline manufacturers put a certain amount of Components in it, additives, and we will discuss those. And they are to—they serve two purposes. Number one, to limit the amount of deposits that are formed on the backside of the intake, val- intake valve, the combustion chamber, the piston crown, and also as a detergent to remove deposits that are there. So that is, since 1995, there is a l- minimum amount of additives that the federal government requires gasoline to have. Now you may say to me, okay, so right, so that means all gasoline is the same because it has to have this minimum amount of additives. And that would be a partial truth. Right now, since about 2004, what came, what the industry came out is what's called Top Tier gasolines. Now, top tier gasolines are brands that put more additives in than the government mandates. So, if you have a base fuel, it has an it has a government mandated additive package. If you have a top tier gasoline, and there are a number of you could Google and look up top tier gasoline, and they'll tell you what brands are top tier, and they have an additional a supplemental additive package. So, like if it was, so, let's say it's not a one to one comparison, but let's say you're looking at a pre merge herbicide, right? You could have one mode of action, two modes of action, three modes of action, right? So for instance, I use Acuron on my farm from Syngenta. So I believe that's group 5, group 15, and group 27. So there are three modes of action for to to as a pre-emergence weed killer in that product. Now you could have a pre-emergence weed killer or pre-emerge or pre as we would call it for slang right that only has a group 5 or maybe only has a group 15 or maybe only has a group 27. So when you're buying so the base fuel that comes from the refinery is going to have one group of additives in it and these additives are mandated by the federal government to limit the amount of deposit creation inside the engine, and also to have some level of detergent to clean deposits that are there. Top tier gasolines have an additional additive, have a higher concentration. So that, um, then again, we'll say we have they have three modes of action. That's it's really not the case. I'm using that as an example, but they have a higher level, of, have more modes of action to to clean. Carbon deposits from the valves and the fuel injector, then the base fuel. But now another aspect of gasoline is that when you are buying, let's say, let's say there's three brands. So let's say there's a Speedway. Uh, I'm trying to think of brands that would be more out in the Corn Belt and other parts of the country than than here in New Jersey. So let's say you have a Speedway you have a Conoco or Conoco, I I pronounce it Conoco, I think it's Conoco and let's say you have Exxon, all right? so you have those three brands, so those may or may not be top tier brands if they're not top tier brands, the fuel they get from the refinery has the minimum additive package. Now one brand, let's say Speedway says we want to put we want to meet the top tier standard so we're going to put more detergent in our gasoline and I'm using the term detergent but it also has to do with the chemical composition so it has less of a propensity to build deposits so we're going to put detergent in the gasoline and we're going to have this other chemical that has less of a propensity to build carbon deposits on the injector so now that so the so that could make it a top-tier gasoline based upon its specifications but what truly makes a gasoline brand specific is the uh, additive package that that refiner that or that manufacturer that marketer wants to put in so they can by the base fuel and then they put their additive package in. If you're buying a no name brand raised gas, it probably just has the minimum additive package required by government. But you could buy you could buy a name brand fuel and that product may have may be top tier or may not, but it may have additional additives for it could have addi- additional detergent. It could have a, a, a better cold start performance. It could have better hot handling performance. There's a whole bunch of different areas in gasoline. So the problem being is that as a consumer, you do not know everything that makes that gasoline brand specific. But the take home message here is that the additive package and this additive package is put into the base fuel that historically comes through a pipeline. The base fuel put in at the depot that is going to put the fuel into the truck and then bring it to the gas station in town. So, in essence, for like for in here in, 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 in Bogota, New Jersey, is a big fuel depot. So, the truck goes there from the pipeline and it's filled up with base fuel. And then, just like you would mix something in a sprayer tank, different where we mix tank partners, right? You may put Acuron. Uh, I may put some, some glyphosate in with that. I may put some boron in with that, what have you. I may put some uh N in with that. So it's tank mixed partners. So with the base fuel is going into the tanker truck. And then that brand's additive package is being introduced into that base fuel. And it's being mixed up as the gasoline goes into the truck, tanker truck. And as that truck is driving and sloshing it around. So to make this simple, when you are buying a branded gasoline, you are buying the additive package, you are not buying the base fuel. The base fuel in most instances will probably become, it probably will be the same base fuel uh, and it may have come from the same refiner, right? So, the additive package. So, why why is it important to buy gasoline with a more intense additive package, be it top tier or not top tier, but with more additives because those additives, like tanks mix partners, or if like if I put if I put a pint of atrazine in with my Acuron, I'm um, you know I will say we're heating it up we're heating up that acuron we're, we're, we're making it more effective its efficacy is going to be improved well the efficacy of gasoline is the combustion event so if you have fuel with more additives in it it may it you have a potential of having a more efficient combustion event not the event that's right happening right then but by keeping the engine cleaner or removing deposits or better cold start performance or what have you so that is why I always like to try to buy a name brand gasoline and a good indicator of this would be for you is that if the company brags about something at their pump or if they advertise in a magazine for instance like that happens with diesel fuel so I just got the latest issue of um, Successful farming when I was away, and Senex, which is a great company. I have no no associate with them whatsoever. Great company, right? Senex is is talking about, I believe, their ruby red diesel fuel, which has a higher level of additives in it then base diesel fuel. same thing happens in diesel fuel but it's not regulated to the extent that it is with gasoline. So if you go to the pump and on the pump the company is bragging about we we clean the engines, we do this, we do this, we give you more of this, more performance, better idle quality, All right. then the thing is that they're bragging about their additive package. If mum is the word and they say nothing then historically if it doesn't have on the pump that it is a top tier gasoline and the top tier means it's just going to have a more intense additive package the top tier gasoline than it is base fuel with the 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 required minimum additives which are detergents from the federal government so that doesn't mean it's bad that doesn't mean it's bad but what will happen with gasoline is that on any engine, and specifically on a smaller engine like you have in a sea tender, a lawn tractor, ATV, a UTV that goes through a lot of short duty cycles, all right, is really not the most efficient type of combustion chamber design and what have you, has short running times, that those engines will have a propensity to build a lot of deposits. And once the deposits build in the engine, it's like almost like building plaque in your arteries if you if you if have de- if deposits form on the back side of the intake valve it's going to impede the flow of air into the engine they very rarely if at all the de- build deposits on the exhaust valve because the heat of the combustion burns it off but the back side of the intake valve because the fuel hits there before it goes into the cylinder is a prone target for deposit formation the piston crown is another area for deposit formation. If you build deposits on the piston crown, then what's going to happen is that's going to impede the flame travel. It's going to, it's going, to, the engine is going to have a propensity to knock or ping, and also make less power. So that is what that was two problems that you will come up with if it's a fuel injected engine not a carbureted engine then what will happen is that the deposits will form on the pintle or tip of the fuel injector the industry uses the word pintle all right, which is the tip of the injector and it will form on that injector and then over time it will actually decay the metal surface of that injector in pock market but prior to that happening the, the deposits will impede the atomization Process of the fuel injector, and it will not be able to atomize. Atomize meaning break the fuel into small particles, and properly in the cylinder, it'll dribble it, it'll spit it, it'll shoot it to one side. It'll stay more in a liquid form, and that fuel is not going to burn. So you're going to have reduced performance, Im- increased fuel consumption. You're going to be having deposits built the engine, and the possibility of diluting the oil by washing the oil off the cylinder walls from the wetting of it with the fuel. So the gasoline is really causing all of this, so the gasoline could be your friend or your foe. So the deposits are what are going to create all of the issues. And you'll be surprised how fast deposits can build in an engine with a poor quality gasoline. Now what I mean by poor quality is the fact that it does not have a a a full of a, a full measure of, of additives to to clean and keep clean the deposits from forming and or has an additive package that makes that fuel less prone to build deposits. See, that's where people get confused. You want to have a gasoline that is not that, that is not prone to build deposits, they all build deposits because it's a hydrocarbon based fuel, but has a less of a propensity to build deposits and you also want it to have, if those deposits start to form, to have a high level of detergent To take those deposits that are formed or are formed from other fuel usage and eliminate them and wash them away and dissolve them. What it was is it dissolves them and puts them into a form that the combustion process actually actually, uh, consumes and burns up. So it's so it that that, that it's it's self cleaning with the right chemical. So basically, in essence, it's like putting a, a a tank wash cleaner after you get done spraying that you're washing out your spray tank. That a gasoline with a high level of additives will uh, will actually remove those deposits. But the thing basically is, is that. Those deposits form over time and they are removed over time. And it's a lot like soil health, right? You could wreck your soil health with one time mold board plowing, or you could start to, I would say, wreck, you start to really damage or degrade that soil structure, but it takes a long time for that structure to be built back up. So the detergent in a high, in a top tier gasoline, or a branded gasoline the components in it will not one tank full of gas contrary to what any oil company is going to tell you is not going to erase the sins of three four five six ten thirty thousand forty thousand miles of a fuel that had a propensity to build a lot of deposits or the engine had a use cycle a duty cycle that had a propensity to build a lot of deposits that's excessive idling short trips uh, um, a lot of a lot of uh, cold starts so they all built a lot of deposits because what happens is those areas the intake valve the piston crown and the injector stay wet because the engine is not run long enough they stay wet or damp with fuel and there is not enough heat and velocity through there to clean them out so they built I mean you could do a whole show on that and that's chemistry and we don't need to go there all right so let's recap up to this point before I go on is that would, would you, if you're buying an unbranded fuel, or if you're buying an, a fuel that doesn't brag, we'll say that about it, it's most likely not a top-tier fuel. So that means that fuel has the minimum amount of additives that are required by law. Okay, It's not a bad fuel, and I'll talk about towards the end of the show how you can address that. All right, it's not a bad fuel. When you buy a branded fuel, depending upon the brand, all right, depending on the brand, it could be a top tier, which means that it has in simplistic terms more detergent in it, right? Or it could be a fuel that has a prop- uh, has less of a propensity through its chemical composition to build deposits and also have more of a detergent in it. The ideal is to have that type of fuel. A fuel that is not prone to building deposits so it's like a corn hybrid that's not prone to Goss's wilt, alright, and also is Roundup resistant. So that's what you're looking at. But The fact of the matter is that that you're not going to go crazy running around looking for all of these fuels and if you have a, if you live in many rural towns in America on a farm or ranch, you're not going to have a zillion choices when you go to town for fuel and you may only have one or two brands, and, and like I said, I'm repeating it because I don't want anybody to get the impression. I'm not saying it's bad gasoline. You're getting what you're paying for. So if you're buying, if I'm buying a pre-emerge product, a pre-emerge weed killer, and it only has one mode of action versus three modes of action, it's going to be less expensive than the three modes of action product. So a branded gasoline historically has an additive package that makes it brand specific it's the same base fuel so for instance if, if uh, uh, somebody goes to goes into town and they buy gold metal flour right gold metal wheat flour they can make a pie with that they can make a cake with it they can make they can make bread with it. They could make pierogies with it. They could make ravioli with it. They make a whole bunch of things with that wheat flour, right? So the thing is that the same thing is with gasoline. So you have your base product and then the additive package is what makes it brand specific. To recap, if the company brags about it, trust them that they are bragging for a reason. They're putting the additive package in. If they're not bragging about anything, then they are the base fuel with the minimum amount of additives. So now, let's say you have a great relationship with the, with this guy in town, and you buy your gasoline from him. Either have it shipped to the farm for use with your gasoline-powered equipment, or you, when you're in town, you fill your your truck up or car whatever you have with that and bring home some gas in ten or fifteen gallon cans. Then you say, Man, you know, we'll give this guy, we'll call him Joe. Say, you know, I really like this guy, Joe. He's a great guy and I've known him for years and we go to church together and, you know, and I listened to that hot rod farmer and he says and by what he told me on that, that Idol Chatter podcast is that that Joe really doesn't have Joe selling me base fuel. His, what he's selling it's not Joe's fault Joe's selling me base fuel but the new guy across the street who moved in from the city he has a top tier gasoline there and you know it's a couple more cents a gallon but you know according to what what I learned on the podcast is that I should be using a top tier gas but I got a relationship with Joe and I like Joe and Joe's really you know, we were running out of fuel one time and Joe came out here in a snowstorm and gave it to me what am I supposed to do, right? Well, I'm going to tell you what you're supposed to do. Honor your loyalty to Joe. Honor your loyalty to the company that you've dealt with, that, you've, that you have a relationship with. Honor that, and then all you basically need to do is, depending upon the use of the vehicle, the engine, pickup truck, wife's car, your car, ATV, UTV, use a good in-tank product like Chevron, Techron Complete Fuel Systems Cleaner, or I know Seafoam has a good product, there's a couple of good products out there, alright, and then what you could do is, ev- once... Uh, If you have some bulk gasoline on the farm that's being delivered, then you could put that product at the right ratio per gallon into the tank before Joe comes and delivers the gasoline to you. If you're filling something with 5-gallon cans or 10-gallon cans going into town and getting it, then put the right amount of, of that type of fuel systems cleaner product in that gasoline before you fill the, ta- the gas can in town or what have you, then you could very simply use a product that was going to take a base fuel and through an additive package that you are putting in, let at, at the farm making it into a top tier gasoline. But keep in mind it that additive package that you're putting in is strictly a detergent package. It is not going to affect anything else that a name that another brand fuel may have. But to be quite honest with you, you will see very little difference in the performance of a gasoline engine uh, that's meant for farm use, street use or what have you between brands as far as their additive package is concerned if your engine is in good mechanical condition and tuned properly and what have you you're going to see you're not going to be able to 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 identify any real difference what you will be able to identify is that a a, a grade of fuel top tier of fuel will not allow the deposits to form so if, so in the future your engine will run the same whereas if you didn't put an additive package in that it would start to degrade in performance. So let's recap this point. Again, is that you want to buy this gasoline from this guy in town? You like him. It's not a top tier gasoline. It's not, it's Joe's gas. It's coming from the pipeline with the minimum amount of additives. No fears, no worries. You additize it with a high level of detergent. Because if you go and you were, for instance, like a product like Chevron Techron, complete fuel system cleaner and I like that product Uh, it's an excellent product, I'm not saying that there's not other excellent products but that's the one that I particularly use is that if you're putting that in at an ounce per gallon as they say an ounce per gallon then what's happening is that you're putting a higher higher level of detergent in there than a top tier gasoline so you're actually doing better than the top tier gasoline and the thing is that you do not need to run this high level of detergent to every tank of fuel so you may want to do it so let's say arguably that this this engine uses a tank of fuel a week well you may want to treat it once a month right? with treated fuel you cannot over treat it so if you have a bulk fuel tank and you put some additives in like that on the farm, you are not going to hurt anything. I, don't, I only tell people what you're going to hurt is your pocketbook. That's basically it. But you could make your own top tier gasoline by simply advertising it, or you, you go to town, you buy gas, you put a bottle of of, of a in fuel system cleaner in at the gas pump, and then 2,000, 3,000 miles later... To whatever it is you do it again you run that tank completely down and so give it the most detergent time and then you do it again and the problem is solved the whole idea basically is for you to be able to not allow deposits to build on the intake valve the tip of the fuel injector and the piston crown. However you accomplish that, the top tier gasoline allows that person to not have to do anything but just pull up to that pump and it's going to have a higher level of detergent. But that level of detergent is not going to be anywhere near as strong as what you would be adding as one ounce per gallon with a on the farm or at the gas station, whatever additive that you're putting in. Right, So it's very important for you to understand this. I'm not saying this to waste your time on listening to it because if you want to make your engines run properly for a long time and have a minimal amount of investment in it, and I don't care whether it's a small... Tecumseh engine on a sea tender or a lawn tractor or a gen set a, a backup generator, emergency generator or whatever it's a or it's a pump that you're using to pump to pump a transfer pump. It's that engine is, is an important part of your farm your operation and you want it to run efficiently and you want it to run with a minimal amount of expense. You know in the trucking industry they look at CPM cost per mile what you have to look at in an engine like that you have to look at cost per hour of operation and by simply using an additized fuel either a top tier or making your engine a top your fuel a top tier with your own additive package that you're buying and putting in then you are going to increase the performance of that engine you're going to increase the reliability of that engine and you're going to minimize the downtime and you are going to and when you increase the performance you increase the reliability and you minimize the downtime what does that equal that equals less of an expense for your farm so you could go into town if there's a Walmart and buy a bottle of Tecron complete fuel systems additive it treats fifteen gallons for four dollars and ninety four cents so if you put that in your gas powered pickup truck and it's got a thirty gallon tank so you put two bottles in, it costs you nine dollars it costs you nine dollars every three or four thousand miles and you keep that engine running efficiently you keep those ejectors clean that atomization properly fuel economy, you're not washing water off the cylinder walls Those are the details on the farm that I am trying so hard to get across to my audience. That those are the make or breaks. All right? You look at a planter. Look at all the technology we put in planters. I mean, years ago, you'd pull a lever and say, I'm going in a first notch for downforce. Now we got, we got, you know, uh, we got... (laughs) adjustable downforce, we got adjustable row cleaners, we got Keaton seed firmers, we're gonna do this with the meters, we're gonna do this with that, we're gonna put, we got wide, we got, we're gonna put the fertilizer in a certain placement in the to the seed, we're gonna do all of this stuff, and I'm just, just randomly spree, uh, spout spouting, spouting things out, and versus the way it was, the corn was planted or the soybean was planted in 1950 or 1960 or 1970 or 1980, right? What is it? It's to bring efficiencies to the farm. It's bring efficiencies to yield. So <clears throat> why it's important for you to understand about gasoline is because I want you to bring those efficiencies with your machinery. And I want, you, I want you to go that seed tender and pull that rope one time and have that thing start and run perfectly and transfer your beans into your planter. I don't want you there pulling the rope cursing like hell the thing is bucking running stalling surgeons got no power you put a load on it I want you to not have to put fuel gasoline fuel injectors in your gasoline powered fuel truck uh, pickup truck I don't want you to have to spend unnecessary dollars on repairing your wife's car because of a fuel related issue that you could have totally totally eliminated never would have come under radar for uh, for maybe fifteen dollars a year $20 a year in additives or buying a top-tier gasoline in town so it's very very important because keep in mind and I'm drilling this into you that all those expenses erode your profit on the farm and 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 we don't want the profits eroded by things that we can control and you could certainly control the amount of deposits that the gasoline you are using are forming inside your engine and taking away life from that engine. So think of it of the inverse of building organic matter. We don't want deposits. Deposits or weeds in a crop. We don't want weeds in our crop. We want a clean field. And it's very simple for you to do it. And to tell you the truth you know you could you could swing Especially with tight commodity prices and the way the markets are, or what have you, you could sw- swing very easily from profit to loss. All right. So I'm not saying that your lawnmower blows up for $200 and it's going to sink the ship, but but what do you want to what do you want to blow up the lawnmower motor for? Why do you want to waste the time to go buy a new lawnmower? What do you want to waste the time to to uh, to do all that? I would rather advertise my fuel, keep it running properly, and and cut the grass and be done with it. That's two hundred dollars. I'd rather put someplace else. And you know, and most of the time, especially out in the farm, you're not just writing a check. You're inve- if it was just writing a check would be one thing. I know here I gotta go here. If my wife's not home, I gotta close everything up, lock the house wash my hands, uh, maybe change my shoes, I was in a chicken coop, I got manure on them, got to get in the car, drive to town, I get caught at the stoplight do this, do this, do that, they come back two hours later and I break my stride I don't want that happening with you guys alright, and that's why this something is simplistic of, of understanding gasoline and, the, and, and advertising it can make a world of difference in your operation with your gasoline motors it's not going to make any difference with your combine but it's going to make a difference with your gasoline motors now there's one other thing that I want to discuss before we go into our special delivery segment. If you are very anal like I am, you track everything, you monitor everything, and and uh, you monitor everything with your equipment, your car, what have you, and everyone has noticed over time that we'll take a we'll take a car car pickup truck whatever in other words a road vehicle not a piece of farm equipment not an ATV a UTV or or, or or a transfer pump what have you but everyone has noticed that with sometimes you get better fuel economy and sometimes you get worse fuel economy and you're basically driving the same route or doing the same things now if you said well I only go around town and then or I do this or I was in the city and I got worse fuel economy that's understandable like which you are idling a lot but given the same type of usage you go to town every day for coffee you do this you do this, just it's like i do all right i'm like a rat i do the same thing every day go through a maze and the fact of the matter is you say geez you know i seem to be getting less fuel economy with this tank of gas than i did before and then i got another tank of gas it seems to be better am i going nuts or what have you and then the things people talk about they talk about the weather and they talk about the driving style well if the weather is basically it's more or less the same and you're the one who's driving and you're driving the same there's got to be a third a missing link in that equation why the fuel economy is either better or worse with that tank of fuel and what it has to do is with the fuel density right? so every ref- we spoke about the base fuel the base fuel is the fuel with the minimum additive package but based upon the refinery that that fuel came from alright the, the refinery it came from, their refining process, the crude oil they used, was it West Texas Intermediate, was it Canadian Tar Sands, was it ba- Back and Ridge in North Dakota oil. Alright, there's all different types of oils, just like there's different types of seed hybrids, alright, the based upon the refining process and the crude oil that was used and the weather conditions during the refining process is that you could have that you can have you will have a variation in the energy content in the fuel and what we would call that as an engineer a low density fuel so I could be riding so I'm in my little Ford Fiesta I'm going to the Agro Expo I buy fuel in New Jersey All right. I'm getting 48 miles per gallon I come and now and I buy fuel in Ohio. All right, now maybe the topography has changed. I'm not going to deny that changed a little bit, right from the rolling hills to flatter, or maybe I got more of a headwind. And now I'm getting 46 miles per gallon instead of 48 miles per gallon. If so, a portion of that degradation of the fuel economy is going to come from the second fuel I bought had a lower energy density to it. It was less dense. It was because of the the crude oil it was made from, the refining process, and the weather conditions when it was refined. So you are going to see a variation in density in the gasoline that you put in your vehicle. So you say, well, I buy all my gas from Joe, right? So we're going back to Joe, the guy we like in town, right? But you will see a variation if you track it in fuel economy given the same weather and driving conditions with every tank of gas or almost every tank of gas from Joe depending upon how much gasoline he sells I should say from every load of gas that Joe has delivered to his station because that came through a pipeline it came. It could have been made in a different refinery different different base crude oil different weather condition so there is a natural there is a natural variation in that and that's why in the auto industry when we would do testing we would buy three or four thousand gallons of fuel at one time and every test when you're at that stage of testing you never fuel a vehicle off the engineering site The only time you fuel a vehicle off the engineering site is if you're taking it on a longer trip or longer test and you cannot get back to the site so in other words if you are if you're if you're in Detroit and you work for Ford and you're going out on the road and testing testing something it could be testing tires whatever they put everything together they test a lot of different things together at the same time because if they're testing like when I worked for BMW my my primary function was to evaluate engine and transmission calibrations but the car is being driven so at the same time we, we like in Congress they would call it pork spending putting pork onto a bill we would put a tire test on we put a brake pad test on we would put something else possibly some test on there right so but so what they do is buy three or four thousand gallons of fuel unless the vehicle is going over the road then they know that they're always using on every time that vehicle goes out on that test right it's having the same density fuel that may be low density fuel because we got it from from that from the supplier and that happened to be a lower density fuel than than uh then the next load but those three or four thousand gallons had the same density and then we would write down and make a footnote in the log book when the fuel when the when the our captive fuel tanks would be akin to your on farm storage tank had new fuel delivered to it and then and so we could we could possibly see a change so the thing is that this is the same thing like doing a replication in a test plot that you that, that you have a control and then you have fertilizer a fertilizer b no fertilizer so that's what's going on so you will see a, a natural tendency in a difference in fuel economy due to the the energy density of the fuel which could vary by 6 or 7 or 8 percent. So you could have a load of gasoline even though the government mandates a certain level of energy density that has 108,000 BTUs and the next load has 121,000 BTUs. The 108,000 BTU fuel you are not getting anywhere near the fuel economy that you did with the 121,000. And, BTUs. and to tell you the truth, you know, people talk about ethanol and the gasoline. Ethanol has a more constant because it's a manufactured fuel, not a refined fuel. It has a more, it has, it has a very constant energy density per load than gasoline does. Gasoline, lots of times, is all over the map. And if you get to a winter blend of gasoline, they put some products in it that actually decrease the energy density more. So the thing is that if you were wondering why you get better fuel economy on this tank or worse fuel economy on that tank all right and the driving conditions and the weather conditions are basically the same or close enough to being the same that's not going to make that much of a difference then that is the energy density of the fuel and you may find that without the fuel that our friend joe gets in town right it may always be high density fuel because he may be getting it from a local refiner or or, or what have you so uh, or he may be, joe joe may be getting always low density fuel and if you go to the guy across town you're getting two more miles per gallon or three more miles per gallon so that is something to keep keep in mind so we'll recap quickly before we go to special delivery right octane is the fuels ability to resist combustion to pressure and heat it has no ability to make power as long as the engine does not have what is called an abnormal combustion event a rogue flame front because the gas auto ignited forget about forget about forget about octane right forget about octane right when you're buying a fuel the base fuel has the minimum amount of additives this thing of detergent that is required by law to remove deposits from the pintle of the injector, the anti- backside of the intake valve and the combustion chamber. When you buy a top tier gasoline, it has more detergent in it than the government says is the minimum, so that will help to keep the those components cleaner inside. When you buy a branded fuel, you are buying their additive package their additive package and if they brag about it then it's something good if they don't brag about it then you're probably just paying more for their name whatever that name happen, may happen to be if they're not bragging about their additive package or saying that it's a top-tier fuel if you're not buying a top-tier fuel you could because you like the guy you're buying it from in town and what have you for whatever it's convenient you're not going 50 miles to another station additize your fuel and you could additize it right in the tank of the vehicle or the piece of equipment use a, a product that has multiple modes of action as it, it needs to be a complete fuel system cleaner it needs to clean the injector the backside of the intake valve and the combustion chamber three modes of action like with herbicide three different groups of action because just like there's three different groups my my Acuron is 515 group 27 there's a different mode of action for to clean the injector the backside of the valve and then the piston crown because the temperature changes as it goes through there so you need three modes of action Chevron, Techron, excellent product you want to use sea foam you want to use whatever but it needs to say that it cleans all three modes of action and you need to keep aditizing that fuel you're not going to get if you've never done this before, you listen to this show today, right, and you have 30,000 miles of deposits on an engine, you're not going to put one can of $4 worth of, of, of fuel system cleaner in anybody's anybody's product in and see remarkable results. It's like building soil health that's going to be over time, but the thing basically is for you to no-till, right, not destroy your soil health to try to build up. The whole thing is for you to not build those deposits and then use the detergent, to keep everything nice and clean, and the engine will run will run the best. Alrighty, variations in fuel density are based upon the crude oil, the manufacturer refining process, and the weather that was done when it was, was a refining process takes place outside, and that will give you a variation in energy density. Ethanol has a very, very constant or fixed, or it's a stable energy density versus gasoline, which is refined. All righty? If you have any questions about that, it's clear as mud, right? Call, call me, email me at hotrodfarmeratfarmachinerydigest.com. All right now, I have a letter, and special delivery, which is our letters section, is very proudly brought to you by Firestone Ag. Those people are great people. I just love working with them, and I really thank them for being, uh, let, allowing me to bring these letters to you. And Firestone Ag, that's a company that was founded many years ago. I think it's 150 years now, or whatever. Don't hold me to it. By Harvey Firestone, a fourth-generation farmer from Columbiana, Ohio. Harvey, p- Harvey dreamed of putting rubber tires on farm tractors and he wanted this so farmers could have a better ride and be more efficient, go faster through the field. And his innovative mindset is the core of Firestone Ag today and lives on with their 23 degree tread bar, AD2 technology, the Firestone of replacement, tracks, and their new, new Evo tire technology. All right, the soil is the lifeblood of your farm, trusted only to Firestone. This letter happened to come to me through Successful Farming because, as you know, I work with them. And I also am on their TV show, which we have not filmed yet this year. But anyway, uh, and it says, Hi Ray, I have a 4520 John Deere, 10 years old, which has an ongoing draining battery problem. It's The battery has been replaced two times since March not the alternator according to the alternator guy I took it to to evaluate. The new battery will be drained by the next day after charging. If you hold the glow plugs and repeat trying to start it. Sometimes it will go, not sure this means anything. Since I have a front end loader on the tractor, this battery is really a pain to get to. I'm sure there is a loose wire grounding it out somewhere, but can't find it. We have problems with rats and mice here. I'm addressing that as we speak. It has been suggested that I get a trickle charger and attach it. Others this didn't print very clearly. Others suggest a knockout or lockout switch. All this makes for laborious use of the tractor. I'd love any suggestions, please. And it's Muff and says, Yes, I am a small female farmer. So we have a, a female farmer here. Well basically Muff, thank you for contacting me. And what you need to do is you have to determine why where the drain is. It's very simple and this if you're killing a battery, it's being drained, something is not shutting off, or you have a bad diode in the alternator. She claims the alternator guy checked that, but whatever. Very, very simple. I may have gone over this before in the show. Disconnect the battery ground cable and then take a test light and hook it in series between the battery negative terminal on the ba- on the battery and the battery ground cable. All right. So if the light lights up, Then there is a drain, where obvious there is because the battery is going dead in two days. So that light will be illuminated when there is a drain. Then what you do is you go around and start unplugging things until that light goes off. You may unplug a relay. One of the things I would I kind of question the alternator man's diagnostics so what you want to do is unplug the, the, the wire from the alternator. Not that it goes to the battery but there's gonna be a plug on an alternator and you unplug that and see if the light goes out. If the light goes out it has a bad diode. You'll go to the different relays. If there's a glow plug relay you unplug that relay. You go to anything that could be turned on that has a relay in it or some sort of switch. So, I mean, if it was the light switch, you would see the lights on, so you don't have to bother to do that. You just apply a little... A little common sense to it, but the key to find the ground is you hook. I'll repeat, hook a test light in series means in connection, in line with the negative battery terminal on the battery and the battery cable. When there is a, dra- a, a when there is a drain a draw on the system, the light and the test light will light up. You go around, you disconnect something, the light doesn't go out. You plug that back in. You go to the fuse panel, you pull one fuse out, did the light go out? No. Put that fuse back in the same spot, and that's That's how you will find your drain, your drawer. It's very, very simple. I would not be surprised if it's a, a John Deere 45, 20, 10 years old. It's not overly complicated electronically. I would not be surprised if the glow plug relay is staying on and powering up the glow plugs and if that is the case there's a very good chance because if you're killing the battery that quickly the glow plugs is a is a very high draw so you're probably looking for something with a high draw and a attractor like that that's probably what it is and then don't be surprised if you burned out those glow plugs from them staying on all when the tractor is not being used and this winter that you will have to put glow plugs in or it starts to get a little bit colder for it to start. So check it out. That's a draw for anything. Car, truck, boat, UTV, ATV, uh, uh, engine on a seat, tender, battery on a planter, what have you. It's a very, very simple test for a draw. So listen, thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. I'm honored to that you tune in every week or click in and please know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher and my beloved america you have a blessed day and i will hopefully talk to you next week